Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to get involved. Game day in Syracuse, sort of. Preseason opener tonight for the SU men's basketball team. We'll certainly talk They're playing some online throughout school. the show. Indeed. Southern okay. New Hampshire coming to no town. Idea. We can talk some basketball. We will. Sure. We're going to talk some football as well. Allison Posey from WTXL, the ABC affiliate in Tallahassee, Florida. She's set to join us at the top of hour number two. So we'll talk some football with Allison. The college football playoff poll is out. We'll get into that. We've got to talk some NFL. My Bills making a big move yesterday, acquiring Kelvin Benjamin from the Carolina Panthers. Will you finally say what I said yesterday? What's that? Bills are making the playoffs? Yeah. I'm not going to say it. You just said it. Uh, I said it with a question mark. (laughs) Bills are making the playoffs? Question mark? Um, I tell you what, that move yesterday signifies to me and everyone else, yeah, they're they're trying to make the playoffs, which is very much a different narrative uh, than we were led to believe before the season started. Uh, And even a few weeks ago, uh, it felt like this team was in rebuilding mode. They had a plan. They were following that plan. They were stockpiling picks. And they get off to this 5-2 and two start. They've got a pretty good team. And uh, now their team is a little bit better. Uh, maybe a lot better. With Calvin Benjamin being added uh, into the fold. Uh, Benjamin with 475 receiving yards on the season. Uh, the Bills wide receivers combined, Seth, so far this season, 594 yards. So Benjamin has almost the same production by himself than the Bills wide receivers combined. Uh, the leading pass catcher yeah. for Buffalo is Charles Clay, who's currently out with injury, uh, and Benjamin has about twice as many receiving yards as Charles Clay. So it gives you some idea what kind of addition this is for the Bills. Yes, Kelvin Benjamin is really good, and the Bills receivers have been bad this year. That that will be a huge benefit. Uh, you know, Jordan Matthews, nice receiver, not a number one. Uh, Zay Jones having a brutal rookie year. Uh, definitely not a number one receiver and, and not looking like a very good receiver to this point. They needed somebody, especially with Charles Clay out, as he has been. And uh, Kelvin Benjamin's going to add that for sure. And this also goes back to the Tyrod Taylor question, right? Because, you know, Tyrod can point to the fact that, well, I, you know, you haven't given me any weapons. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy's back there, but who do I have to throw to? Well, now you, you have got Kelvin somebody Benjamin. to throw to. Yeah. I mean, you have a legit number one wide receiver to throw to. Yeah. He had Sammy Watkins, but Watkins was never on the field. Right. He was never healthy. And he could point to that and say, you know, who are you going to give me? And now he's got Kelvin Benjamin, and you add a legit number one receiver to this offense that also has LaShawn McCoy. They hope to get Charles Clay back uh, in uh, in a not... few weeks. And and that I mean this this offense you you pair that offense with that defense right. that has been very solid, and now now you got something going. And I don't think we should underestimate the fact that Kelvin Benjamin is six foot five. Um, like I, I think that that's a, a really big deal. I think that that's really important. Um, when you can get a receiver that is that big and can move the way he can move and, and catch passes the way he can, uh, you got a little more wiggle room, right, if you're Tyrod Taylor. The throw doesn't have to be perfect. The throw doesn't have to be on the mark. The throw can be a little bit off, 
and you can still get it to him and he can make a play. Like he he's that good, but he's also that big, right? He's just a big target. Uh there's a reason why Gronk is so successful. He's just really big. You know, there's a reason why tight ends recently have been so successful. Jimmy Graham, uh, Antonio Gates, going back to Tony Gonzalez, they're just big. They're huge targets. Uh, And you can make a mistake and still complete a pass to them. And and Kelvin Benjamin, I think, is much the same way, only instead of playing between the numbers and between the tackles, for lack of a better term, he is playing outside. 6'5", you can throw it up to him. He's going to have the height advantage on most defensive backs that he's going up against. Had a fantastic year uh, in 2014 uh, with the Panthers. Went over 1,000 yards and then uh, had to sit out 2015 with a knee injury. But he again, he's a, he's a legit number one receiver in this league. Certainly the, the number one option uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And uh, you, know, you said, are they going to make the playoffs? I, I'm not going there. Uh, but this is a this is a step in the right direction, and this is a sign uh, that the Bills believe they can win and win this year. They give up a third round pick, a seventh round pick. They've they've already got another third round pick, so we you know we know they've got two first, two second. They had two thirds. Now they have one third. So they didn't give up a ton, and they they made their team a lot better. You weren't going to use all those picks. You weren't right. You you were not going to use all those picks anyway. Yesterday I asked if you would package some of them for for a trade up for a quarterback, and I think that's still on the table because you still have five picks in the first three rounds. Um, you, you weren't going to use six picks in the first three rounds. You weren't going to use thirteen picks in the draft in in one season. That that just isn't realistic. Um, so you had to do something with them, right? You had to trade them away. You had to get another asset, and uh, I think this is a great use of that. So we'll talk some NFL, certainly, as the show moves along as well. As I mentioned, a lot on the table. We have to begin, though, Seth, with the World Series. And and this series deserved a decisive Game 7. And tonight we get that decisive Game 7. Dodgers, Astros, one more time, winner take all. Yeah, I'm so excited. As you mentioned, this series deserved a Game 7. It has been so good. It has been uh, so exciting, so fun. Uh, the the back and forth, the the craziness. These are two hundred win teams. These are two really really good teams, and we've just seen them land blow after blow, and haymaker after haymaker, and uh, neither team is going down, and and both teams are quick to respond. Right, you you knock one down, and right back, the the other one jumps right back. Um, it, it's been incredible to watch. It, it deserves to go to a seventh game. And uh, I, I saw this last night. I believe it's the first game seven. Uh, it, it's the third game seven ever between two 100, two 100-win teams. The first one since 1931. I saw that. Which is just incredible. Uh, th- there have not been 200 win teams in the World Series in long enough, and now you get 200 win teams going to a Game 7. Uh, it-, it is exactly what you would have hoped for coming into this series. Um, and look, it- baseball had a great World Series last year, right? The, the Cubs and the and the Indians and the storylines, and-, and that went 7, and it went extra innings in Game 7. Great World Series there. This one's been better. 
Each game has been better. It's going to a Game 7 again. And if you can't gain momentum off of these two World Series with the young stars who are on display on these four teams, I don't know what baseball can possibly do to get back into the spotlight a little bit more. Because these 14 games over the last year have been unbelievable with some of the youngest and brightest stars in baseball. If we get a dramatic finish to this one, this is going to be one of those World Series that we talk about for a very long time. I think it is already. I mean, it is, but if tonight, I don't want to say a dud, but if tonight is like 6-2, to two, again, I think you'll look back, it was exciting, but I think there's a chance, like if something dramatic happens tonight, if there's a walk-off or a ninth inning, that's a, there's a rally, I think we're going to be talking about this as an epic World Series. But does that, is that all you need to count as dramatic? Because I would say this. Dramatic to me. What if you Darvish goes five innings and all of a sudden to open up the six, Clayton Kershaw comes out and pitches four innings to end the thing? Picks yeah, up a, like right. I think that's okay. good enough. You know, right, like, but I think it has to be close though. Sure, I, but, I think it, but it, if, it can't be a five-run like, game. I wouldn't consider that epic. But yeah, but if like it's that's one what nothing, we're looking at. Like if Clay, it's one nothing or ten nine, I'm good either way. But yes, like I think Clayton it needs to be Kershaw close. is going to be the first person out of that Dodger bullpen tonight, or probably or or the second if Darvish goes out mid inning and all like that. But like. He's going to be the guy. Like, he wanted to pitch last night. And Dave Roberts was like, nah, let's use everybody else. We'll use you tomorrow. Uh, so, like, th- this has th- this is shaping up to be one of those epic Game 7s where he's available. And Kenley Jansen finally looks right for the Dodgers, their stud closer. And, oh, by the way, a former Cy Young winner in Dallas Keuchel is ready to come out of the bullpen. And I wouldn't rule out Justin Verlander pitching after starting last night. Like, Everybody is going to be coming out uh, of the bullpen in this game. This is the opportunity for uh, something we don't normally see in this game tonight. Empty the tank, right? Everybody can empty the tank. This is the the last one. Verlander essentially said last night, yeah, sure, I'll pitch tomorrow. He, He just threw six innings. Yeah. And, you know, he's the one guy. We talked about this with Kershaw going back a couple of games that if, you know, the Dodgers end up losing this series or if there isn't a game seven, he's going to be the one looking back on, man, wasted opportunity, four-run lead, and I and I blew it. Uh, now, the you know, that narrative kind of shifts. They got to the game seven, and so he's kind of off the hook to some degree. And now it falls on Verlander, in my opinion. If the Dodgers win this series and Verlander doesn't get a chance to go out there and do anything about it tonight, he's going to be the one sitting there in the offseason uh, wishing he could have that game back. He pitched well, though. He, did. he was, he he was lights well, out through five innings, if, but he gave up the lead. And if the NL had just finally adapted to modern baseball and didn't deal with inefficiencies like pitchers hitting, he would still be going, right? And, you know, I, I don't pin that loss on him. Yeah, sure. He, oh, I don't pin it on him but, either. But, but he, he ex- did not pitch, quote-unquote, well enough. He, he pitched well he enough to lose. Lead. He, he had, pitched well he enough to lose, and he gave it up. Right. That, that you know, he... he Pitched well enough to lose. He pitched six innings, two runs, and the offense did nothing for him. And, and you know, that that's where uh, you end up if you're Justin Verlander. I do have to say, the third run, the one he didn't give up, the Jock Peterson home run, right. I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there who are really upset with Jock Peterson and the jumping up and down and telling his teammates to pay him and not facing home plate as he ran from third to home. Uh, I would argue and will argue with anybody who wants to call in, tweet at me, whatever, Baseball needs more of that. And we've seen it all World Series long. We've seen bat flips. We've seen emotion. We've seen excitement. Baseball needs more of that, not less of that, to get more young viewers and fans and players interested. Like, 
That was, I, I was sitting on my couch and I couldn't help but, sm- but smile. Like you could you could hate the Dodgers, you could hate Jock Peterson, you could hate that you know it was at eleven thirty at night. It was awesome. It was fun. You could see how excited he was. You could see how excited George Springer was when he hit the home run. Like we don't, I I don't want guys hitting a home run and just dropping their bat and running, putting their heads down. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I like the excitement. Anything short of like pointing at the pitcher. And, sure. You know, I mean, it wasn't call- taunting, right? Exactly. I I don't want that, but I'm I'm all good with excitement. Absolutely. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Pat in Syracuse going to kick us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Pat. Yeah, a lot of different seasons coming all all together here. You know, um, you got summer winded down. You got fall. You got Halloween. We're talking Bills. Obviously, more than Giants or uh, anything else right right now for the NFL. Um, but for me, this is a nice start to the season for, for the SU basketball. I, you know, it's interesting. You guys were saying to lead off the show, um, one starter returning. And I was thinking about it this way. If if we had these guys last year, like let's say we had the Dino Thorpe type player last year, he, he probably would have started over Dylan for sure, um, just based on the zone and, and, and what they were looking for. And, and I really believe, it's so early, and I know this is just the photo sports radio, but I, I think if Brissett was on the team last year, I firmly believe he would have he would have found a starting spot over Torian Thompson. And it's it's yet yet to be determined, but and Frank Howard had every opportunity to start, and he didn't earn it because who knows if it was injuries, if it was other issues off the court, who knows it was. Um, but you know, Bayheim thought enough to start him for I don't know how many games. So there is a lot of talent potential on this team. I mean. I, I did want to challenge one thing that Mike Waters said, that we're so young, and you know he went on and on and on on, on your show last week on how young this team is. And yeah, I get it. we got a whole new team, but everybody's young. And, you know, we have Frank Howard. We have Tyus Battle. Uh, Thorpe has been, you know, we, we, we're not the youngest team by far in college, and everybody's young. So I don't want to use that as, as an excuse. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Pat, that obviously the, the game has changed, and, and you're right. Everybody's young, even the good teams are young. I will say this. I can't remember a younger Syracuse team when you look at, in, in this in this way, you've got two guys who've played meaningful minutes at Syracuse, Battle that's and it. Howard. Yeah. That's it. And you've got Chuku who played seven games. That's not meaningful minutes. Everybody else is either a freshman, a transfer, a, a redshirt. freshman. Exactly. So in that regard, it's it's. Probably the youngest team I can ever remember, and, and Pat, I know you and I are about the same age. I mean, I can't remember going into a season with with that much inexperience. However, the game has changed, and to your point, O'Shea Brissett, and I realize it was just an inter-squad scrimmage, the kid's good. And and Battle is obviously very good. He's NBA good. You know, Howard hopefully is healthy, and, and everything you said is right on point. So... You know they're pick tenth because there's all these question marks in the you know pick tenth in the ACC because of all these question marks. But I agree with you in that I think that there is a you know there is certainly potential for them to to move on up and to surprise some people and, and surprise some people in that we just don't know a lot about them and it, and they they might be good. And 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 I'll also say I did enjoy Mark's uh, Mike's article and and how he summarized the the rest of the league and what they're bringing back and that made me more optimistic about this season. I mean, yeah, Notre Dame's got a couple nice players. I mean, even Duke, uh, who, you know, from all, for all intents and purposes, they, they have the potential play, player of the year in Bagley, and, and he's supposed to be very, very good. But other than that, uh, nothing in that league, when you look at first-team all-conference, I, I think that'll 
definitely should be on there. I mean, I think there's a couple nice players, Colson from uh, Notre Dame, but that's what it's relative to. We're, we're not playing last year's field. You know, I, I, I said that the one year when uh, Duke lost to Barry Parker and all those guys, we're, we're not playing that new team. We're, we're, we're playing a, a new team every year. So I, I think it's great. I, I think it was cool what you guys said, too. Uh, it, you know, in regards to the, the football thing, I, I think it's true that uh, right now we got two two things to be excited about, but I, I just I don't know. You guys, I, I'd like to get your perspective. Do you guys feel that right now around town the buzz is the re- rebuilding year? We, we'll be lucky to be as good as last year. I, I don't agree with any of that at all. I mean, every year the goal is to make the tournament, and the opportunity is more than there. If we didn't have battle and we didn't get Thorpe, yeah, I get it. We, we'd be reloaded, but reloading. But this, this team. Let's let's not let's not sell them short. That's 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 the point of my call. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Pat. As always, uh, I do think that the, the loss of Torian Thompson hurt. I mean, that was a yes. blow, especially at the time that it happened. He would have been um, your starting center, and and that's now where the question lies. And and you would have imagined that he would have made strides defensively and been serviceable, uh, because now you're not going to get any offense out of your center. Um, so that you know that that it, that one hurts to me. Um, like yeah, other teams are young, but the players are more uh, known. I, I guess. I, I mean, even Duke. Like Duke's a really young team, and Marvin Bagley is coming in, and he's going to essentially lead the way. But oh, by the way, they have Grayson Allen. Like you know, like you, you uh, UNC is young, but oh, by the way, Joel Berry is on that team still. You know, and Notre Dame is young, but Matt Farrell and Bonzi Colson are on that team still. You know, like. Yeah, other teams are young, but they return players, and and Syracuse does not have that same uh, kind of guy returning in my mind. Uh, I, I think Tyus Battle is really good. Do I think he's first team All ACC? No, that's not a knock on him. That's the ACC is really good and has a lot of really good players. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't. We don't know enough about this team, right? Well, that's, the, that's the point. Here's the big difference I think between a Syracuse and a Duke, and this is not to say that the players are on the same level, but Marvin Bagley was rated the number one prospect yes. in high in in high school, right? O'Shea Brissett was not rated out of high school because he was Canadian, so we don't know where yes. he fits in this top 100. We know Marvin Bagley's number one, and we know Marvin Bagley is likely the number one pick in the draft next year. Right, so like that's the difference to me between Syracuse and Duke. Yes, uh, and and so that doesn't take anything away from O'Shea Brissett, other than we don't know as much about right. him. And I'm telling you, Seth, that the few times I've seen him, whether again it, it's limited, whether it be a practice or in the the scrimmage, he looks like the real deal. And to hear the Bayhams Army guys talk about him over the summer when they were scrimmaging, they all get, spoke they very all highly said of O'Shea Brissett. You talk to the you know the Tyus Battle and Frank Howard, and who should we look out for among the newcomers? And it's you know O'Shea Brissett is you know ninety five percent of the time he's the first name out of everybody's mouth. So I think this kid is going to be really good. You know, to Pat's point, you bring back a veteran backcourt, you you put him into the mix as well. I you know there there are so many unknowns. That's why they're picked. You know, tenth in the conference. CBS has them as right. you know what's whatever it was, eighty seventh in and the also, country. And also, who do you who do you want them ahead of? Right, like like are we gonna say they're better than Georgia Tech? I don't know. I, I mean, Georgia Tech's got two players coming back who I think that you can make a very solid argument are better than anybody on Syracuse right now. 
Right. right? Like, but like, who that do you want mean, them at? Yes, but you that know what I mean? Like, youth doesn't mean that they can't win. I'm not and saying, that's, no, I'm not that's saying valid. that. But it's just like, who, do, like, if you're going to take issue with them being 10th, that's fine. That's fair. Oh, and I, I'm not but, taking issue uh, with no, them. I, I think that's where they should be. But what I'm saying is, if, if you're a fan who's listening and saying, man, Syracuse is 10th, how ridiculous, like, who do you want them ahead of? Like, this conference is really good and really deep. We knew what we were getting into moving to the ACC five years ago. All right, we got to take a timeout. Let's continue the basketball talk on the other side. 315-437-7644. Phone lines open this entire first hour. Back after this on Orange Nation. Serve Pro, AmeriCue Credit Union, and William Matar are proud supporters of Syracuse football coverage on ESPN Syracuse. We are the pulse of the orange. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Steven Seth back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. Phone lines now open the rest of the way at 315-437-7644. I guess it shouldn't surprise me, Seth, but I thought it was interesting that, that Allison Posey uh, put it out there that it's kind of a known thing down in Tallahassee that the locker room is divided. There are some guys who that have thrown in the towel and some guys who haven't. And and I would say this, I, you know, I, I don't cover that team, but watching them play against BC, it felt very much like several of those guys, I can't say it's across the board, but that looked like a team by and large that is thrown in the towel because they have had some close losses. She pointed to the, you know, the Louisville loss and the Miami loss in particular. You know, both those games come down to the final seconds and they go against the Seminoles and they're two and four. And then they go on the road. And yes, I think you know maybe BC is a little better than we all thought. Uh, they're not 32 points better than Florida State. No. They're not. I mean, in no, no in no world is BC 32 points better on whatever field than than you know that team. So I, I think it it makes sense that 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 team is is thrown in the towel, or at least players have. Um, you just hope that again, it's if you're a Syracuse fan, that they don't just you know wake up you know this week or the younger guys kind of take over and and you just hope that this team doesn't wake up in time for this game. No, <laughs> they, hopefully, they really have thrown <laughs> in the towel. <laughs> uh, let's get back to the college football playoff poll. I didn't really give you a chance to respond. I know that it upsets you what I said, um, so you can I tell me I'm wrong. Me. No, but we disagree on this, so let, let's discuss it. So in order for a team, because it's easy to say, well, this team controls their own destiny, this team controls their own destiny, it's easy to say that, but to to to, contr- to truly control your own destiny, it means if you win your games, you're in. You don't need any help from anyone else. And so I would say outside of the top three, obviously, you know, Alabama and Georgia and, and Notre Dame control their own destiny. I would say that there are three others, and I, I think it's the two teams in the ACC, Clemson and Miami. Yep. And I think it's Wisconsin. And I think if those three teams were to win out, obviously Clemson and Miami can't both win out because they're going to play each other in the ACC title game. Uh, if they don't, then obviously that team is eliminated. Um, they can't both win out. I think if if two of those teams win out, I think they're in, and and the SEC champ most or the SEC runner up gets left out if it's Notre Dame, you know, and let's say Bama wins, you know, Clemson and Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's getting in if it wins out. I don't. I, I, I just I don't. Um, they have played nobody, and and you know for that matter, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I. Well, if Miami wins out, they would because they have Virginia Tech and Notre Dame coming up the next two weeks. So if they can manage to win out, then they then they would make the playoff. I I, I don't doubt that. Uh, Wisconsin, I, I'm really not sold. They've played nobody. Uh, they've played FAU, who's meh, and from Conference USA, BYU might be the worst team. In uh in major college football this year, they might be the worst team in the FBS. Kansas. Um, they've they've got no I, Kansas. BYU. 
BYU didn't cross the 50 in multiple games this year. They're okay. terrible. Okay. But they're on the same level as Kansas. Um, and then they've played a very bad Big Ten Conference schedule. Northwestern, Nebraska, Maryland. They haven't played anybody good. They haven't beaten anybody good. They would have one good win. And I don't think that one win would get them in. I, I don't think that's Is enough. Is Michigan good? I don't know. Michigan 6-2. and two. They have... But... But there's a difference between good and at the end of the year being top 25, right? Like if you if you want to look at Clemson's resume, if you want to look at Notre Dame's resume, uh, there are multiple top 25 wins on on those resumes, and Wisconsin can't even sniff those wins right now. They can't. And I understand that. I would say this. You would have to project to what they would do if they were to win out. I think Michigan is a good team. Michigan is 6-2. and two. Michigan lost at Penn State. Granted, it wasn't close, but they lost at Penn State. And they lost in an absolute torrential downpour to Michigan State. And again, Michigan State is 6-2 and two and 4-1 and and the conference, and, and that's a pretty good team. I think the win over Michigan, I think, would be a quality win. Certainly the win in the Big Ten title game right. so they would, would have- be a quality win. And it's not their fault that... that the, the West Division of the Big Ten isn't great. I mean, Northwestern has a winning record. Nebraska, by the end of the season, will probably have a winning record. Iowa has a winning record. top 25 win. Understood. And that's hard for me to keep to put them in and keep out uh, you at, uh, a Notre Dame team that beat Georgia. Top oh, I'm not 25 out Notre win. Dame, I, but I'm not keeping but, out Notre no, Dame. But, but I'm keeping point. out whoever loses the SEC title game because you would have a team that has a loss and you would have Wisconsin that, well, that they wouldn't. I mean, Wisconsin would okay, be thirteen and zero. But that, that okay, that's and a, fine. And a conference champ. That's fine. But then you want to keep out Alabama, who would have beaten top twenty-five LSU, top twenty-five Mississippi State, top twenty-five Auburn, or you want to keep out Georgia, uh, you know, who, who's got wins over uh, Notre Dame this year already, who's got wins in conference uh, this year already. They they have a a more complete resume. Then Wisconsin this is does, what I and say. I know that they didn't. They would not have won the championship, the conference championship, but they have a better resume. This is what I would say. Everybody can't get in, and that's the problem when you only have four, that you're going to have to pick and choose, and you're going to have to, to draw a line somewhere. That Alabama-Georgia game is going to be like a, a national quarterfinal, and if... There, are, you know, it, but why? I want the four best teams in the country, and and there's no reason to think that Wisconsin is better than Georgia or Alabama or Notre Dame or Clemson or Except Oklahoma. They, they won all of their Ohio. games, but it, but they and played point, nobody. So so let me ask you this. So let me ask you this. So if you think Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams in the country, yeah, and they both make the playoff, they but they don't play each other in the semis, and Georgia loses in the semis, then shouldn't Georgia play for the national title if they're the second best team? If they it, you know what I no, mean? No, because you point, put the four teams some, in a room and make them go win. You, at some point when you lose, your season is over, or you no longer have a chance at a national title. And Alabama and Georgia are going to play in the SEC title game, and it's a national quarterfinal game. Then and we it, should make the final four only for undefeated teams. And if there's only one undefeated team at the end of the year, they go. That's not true. And Western Michigan, Western Michigan last year should have made the final four because because they won all their games. They were 13 and 0 at the end that's, of the year. That's not true. And and my my guess is is that this isn't going to matter. I don't I don't it's believe it's going to sort itself out. It will. It, it, I don't believe we're going to come to that day and it's you know it's going to be okay. They got to pick between Wisconsin or whoever loses that SEC title game. I don't think it's going to come to that. And there's a lot of football left to be played. I just firmly believe if you're 13 and 0, you're the Big Ten champ, and you've got wins over Michigan and Ohio State. 
I think that that is enough to to get in over a team that is going to have at least one loss. Just my opinion, and and I so I think that they control their own destiny. I think the two ACC teams control their own destiny. I, I don't think that would be enough. Okay, and also also if Miami wins out, the Notre Dame's out of the picture for the playoff, so that opens up another spot. So all of a sudden, the the debate becomes Wisconsin versus Oklahoma. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's a that's a totally different debate. I would still argue Oklahoma, if they were to win out, has four wins that are better than any win on the Wisconsin schedule, including, oh, by the way, beating Ohio State, who Wisconsin would have to beat, except Oklahoma did it in Ohio State Stadium rather than on a neutral field. So I would argue still that Wisconsin would not have a resume that holds up to Oklahoma's. If that's the case, um, that's going to be a very tough pill to swallow it, for the Big is. Ten Conference. It's going to be look. It's if your champ, same. your undefeated champ, yes. is not good enough to yes. make the playoff over a team that has a loss. But look, it, it would be the same thing it, in my mind. It's that's that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. As would putting two SEC teams plus Notre Dame in because you would lose. You would you would bar three conference champions, right? You're only able to put one more team in, which means that there are three conferences out there. If you put an independent and two from the same conference in, there will be three Power Five conferences that don't get in. My, and I my think gut that says, more Seth, so than anything, that would fuel expansion talk. My gut says that, that Georgia and Alabama aren't both getting in. If it's a three-point game, I think they would. If they both win out, get to that, that championship game, and it's a three-point game in Atlanta, sure. Well, if I was on the committee, I would say no, because I I do think I mean yes, they're both very good. You have to draw the line somewhere at some point. If you lose, you you can't you can't win a national best, title anymore. But are they? Not I don't know. Two of the three best teams in the country. You, over you the keep course saying of the year. that you know Wisconsin's not. If they are undefeated, how do you know that they're not because one they of the have, best four? Because we haven't seen them play anybody. Well, by then you're going to have seen them play Michigan one, and Ohio State. One my Ohio State, one top twenty-five team on that schedule. Okay, and I mean they're they're killing everyone. I they're they're good. I mean, are they among the top four? I don't know. I we'll we'll have to see. They have a chance in that Big Ten title game to to make a statement. I also don't know that they are beating everybody quite like you would hope. I mean, that Illinois game jumps out. The Purdue game jumps out. Uh, they only beat Northwestern by nine. Uh, you know, like if you're. You know, if you're playing a lesser schedule, beat up on everybody the way Alabama is. Alabama's not playing a very good schedule. Alabama's got no wins this year of consequence. Uh, they've got a couple opportunities coming up, but so far they've got no good wins. I mean, they beat Florida State in the season opener, but Florida State's turned out to be awful. But you know what Alabama's done? Alabama's won every game by a bunch of points. They won 66 to three and 59 to nothing and 41 to not, uh, to 10 and 45 to seven and 49 to one. They've been destroying people. And that's why they get the the benefit of the doubt. That's why they love. That's, that's why they, not why they and, get the benefit of the doubt. They're, they're Alabama. They've got Nick Come Saban. on. I mean, let's be but, honest. That's not. No, they but, don't get the benefit of the doubt because they're killing people. They get the benefit of the but, doubt because they're Alabama. No, but that plays into it, right? I, I mean, if if they were if they were Alabama and Nick Saban, they would get the benefit of the doubt, the doubt anyway, right? And we've already seen this committee in the past penalize a, 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 a an undefeated team and not put them number one over teams that have multiple that have losses. Florida State with Jameis Winston was undefeated. But you know what? The committee said you aren't beating teams by enough. You haven't beaten anybody. You're not good enough to be number one. And they made him number three. Why wouldn't they do the same thing with with Wisconsin this year? Hey, you went undefeated. Congrats. But you have one top 25 win. Oklahoma has that same win in a better situation because it was on that team's home field. And, oh, by the way, they have four more. 
okay, great. You have you have you're undefeated. You got your one win. But Clemson's got four more. Notre Dame's got four more. You know, so I I think that it's just so hard to put that team in when there are so many better resumes. Yeah, that resume might include a loss, but they've beaten so many better teams. And we've seen the committee do this already. You think the Big 12 is better than the Big 10? I don't. I have no idea. Okay. So you you would be excited? I think that you have Ohio State. You'd be excited by a, a win by Oklahoma over TCU. That would excite you. More so than a Wisconsin win over Purdue. I'm talking about the Ohio State though, or Michigan. Like you let you you think the TCU win is a better than I better think the than Michigan. TCU win is better than Michigan. Yes. Okay. All right. That would I mean TCU would have two losses this year. Yes. Okay. Michigan's got two losses. Fair enough. Okay, we disagree. Okay, and TCU's two losses came to top twenty-five teams, and I know Michigan's so, probably did too. Right. Exactly. So I mean, we're we're splitting hairs. I just I'm giving the edge to the undefeated team. So we can I'm disagree not. on this. And again, my and guess also, is and this I, is going to play itself out, and it'll 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 I clear do, itself yes. up over the next month. I, I think that it also will. And and again, I'm also just going based on what we've seen already. We've seen that this committee is not scared to say, "Hey, congrats, you went undefeated, but you weren't good enough." Right? Like we we've seen that. Whereas the AP poll will give you a bump for being undefeated, and the AP poll has Wisconsin and and Miami in in the top six. The the college football playoff poll comes out, and they're nine and ten. You know, we we've seen that they are not scared to not follow the AP poll. We've seen again, that they are not yes. scared to say, "Hey, yeah, congrats, you're undefeated, but you're not good enough." Right. The, but the nine and ten is going to go up if they keep winning. Like obviously, Miami is but going think, to continue to get better. But Mid- I don't Wisconsin think would, is going to get a bump if they beat Michigan and Ohio State. They I will. They will. But I I don't and I don't think that the bumps would be equal. I think that Miami, if they win this week, they'll jump. Right. But if Wisconsin wins this week, will they? I don't know. Well, they don't, it doesn't matter week to week. It matters at the end of, no, when, when but, all said and done. But but the point being, Miami has a better opportunity to make larger jumps. They've got Virginia Tech this week. They've got Notre Dame next week. They've got Clemson in three weeks from now, presumably, for that ACC championship game. Wisconsin's got Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, and Minnesota left on the schedule. You know, which team has more opportunities to make a jump yeah. from 10 to 3? Oh, absolutely. Miami does. Yeah. No, you know, I, I understand. I think they're both getting in. That's what I said. If if they both win out, I think they're both getting in. I do. I'm not sold. All right. Let's take a timeout. we got to get to today's business on the other side. Keep it here.